Okay, guys, this is Ellen Marsh, and as promised, we are coming to you with the Spira family. On the line today, I have Stephanie McNeil, who was featured in the Disappeared episode, as well as John's brother, Tommy. They're coming to you to answer your questions. We had a lot of unanswered questions in this documentary. We are so grateful for them, for their time, for sharing their brother's story, and let's just take it away. Hello, Stephanie and Tommy. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. We are so happy to have you here. What I wanted to tell you, and we can kind of get into it, we open this, the questions to our listenership, and everyone is really obviously fascinated with all the episodes of Disappeared. Something that really struck our listeners with this episode, and you guys can sort of speak more to it, was we really felt there were a lot of unanswered questions. So we have a lot of questions, but I kind of just wanted to open up the floor to you guys to start off with things that maybe the documentary got wrong and all the unanswered questions. Obviously, we got a ton of questions about Suzanne and John's former partner, Dave Stubbin. So why don't you start us off with kind of taking us back to 13 years ago and anything you want to tell us about what you wish had been covered in the documentary? Um, well, I'll just say that, you know, when they did the documentary, that was, boy, that was like, what, 2008, I think. And yeah. so at that point, they weren't naming suspects. They weren't saying, oh, this person's a person of interest. They weren't calling it a homicide, which was really kind of we didn't ever consider this missing persons. We knew right away that this was a homicide. So that was bothersome. So because it wasn't a homicide, because it was a missing persons case, they said we couldn't talk about Dave Steuben or Suzanne because they weren't persons of interest. That was just dis the disappeared shows rule. So, you know, we were fine with that. We just wanted to get the word out. So ID, ID told you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a little kind of a glossy, you know, uh, right. interpretation of what had happened. And I was also very frustrated with DuPage. I don't know that DuPage has a breadth of experience in missing persons. I think they kind of poked at the case with a stick. Um, there was a lot of, because the case had been really still very fresh at that point, I think that there was just a lot of rocks they hadn't looked under. And, you know, they didn't really... You know, they didn't really pursue any people from Suzanne's side of the family on it. I don't think there just wasn't a lot of opinion or a lot of uh, insight as to what the, that police department was doing. And we were, Steph and I, I think we're throwing more ideas at them that, that they just hadn't even thought of yet. So it, was, it became very frustrating. What exactly are you doing? What exactly can you tell us? What exactly are you pursuing? And we just never right. really got an idea of that. It didn't seem urgent. Yeah. Like they didn't. They didn't make it urgent from the get-go. I mean, from the very beginning, you know, I was frantic, and they were like, ah, he's, Mark Edwards really said to me, oh, he's probably in Tahiti drinking with some girls. Like, what? Right. No, he's, this is urgent. You know, we got to get out there and find him. And one of the detectives said to me, I think it was on the Friday, he said, well, I have to go. I've got my kids this weekend. And I was like, what do you mean? Because aren't you going to be working 24-7 on this? So it's, but it right. just doesn't work that way. And, you know, we were naive going in. They're just doing their jobs. And really the family has to, and at least this was our experience, the family really has to do the legwork. A lot of it. 
a lot of it. We've seen that time and time again. We see a lot of families at their own expense, you know, hiring private detectives, hiring, you know, people to comb lakes. And really, this is I have to be honest, this is really one of the worst. We had a lot of our listeners just screaming like the cops just botched this up. And so a big confusion was not filing the missing persons report and them saying on the documentary that Suzanne had to file the missing persons report. And why didn't she? I mean, this was a huge, we're just sort of all pulling our hair out. That seemed to delay the investigation so much. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think Tommy and I would both like to know why she didn't do it as soon as she knew that he, as soon as she knew he didn't show up for a gig, she should have been all over that, but you know, she wasn't. So I don't. Yeah. What she did was hire, you know, a lawyer. She didn't participate she in any of the searches. ASAP. Yeah. And, and not one search. She didn't go on. I mean, how many searches were there stuff? I mean, probably half a dozen at least. And she didn't yeah. participate in one. I mean, that just turns my stomach. Were you guys close with her since she was um, obviously they were married no. for a long. You guys were never close with her. No, you can say what you want. I mean, <laughs> she's no longer with us either. But I mean, it's you, I, I'll say this in the week before. So Tommy and John and I were together the week before um, we were having mm-hmm. dinner. And, you know, I think everybody knows that they were going through a divorce. One thing that people seem to get wrong about this is that they they seem to think she's his ex-wife. She is his wife. They only right. agreed on the terms that day. They were supposed to final it up the next week, but of course he didn't make it. But the week before John and Tom and I were together and I, and it was a hellacious divorce. You know, she was kind of dragging it out and they'd come to an agreement and then she'd say no. So at dinner, he said, he gave her an ultimatum, you know, here's what the terms are going to be because that's all he could really do. And if you don't agree, then I guess we got to go to trial. I'm not going to go back and forth with you anymore on this. And I said, Um, And I wasn't really even kidding, but I said, do you think that she'd hire somebody to, you know, hire a hitman or something? And he laughed it off, but I was, you know, half serious because we just didn't know. We didn't know what she could do. And you do know that her daughter is a convicted murderer. So I read some articles, Stephanie, that sort of alluded to the fact that you really were hanging on Suzanne as a suspect. And some articles alluded that your brothers were really pointing to business partner Dave Stubbin, and we'll definitely get to that. But emotionally, I mean, we're at the time... Were you just, did you just want to grab her and shake her and say, please just help us? Because I've never heard of the next of kin being the one to fill out a missing persons report, but she just seems like such a horrible person because divorce or no divorce, it's about humanity, right? And relationships and having a past that just must have been so, so trying for you guys. It just was, it was just so utterly unexpected because you're right. You would feel that that would be the role that she would play. Whether or not she had issues with our family, I mean, we uh, none of us really got along with her. But you know, this is something that that is so you know out of the ordinary that she would have familyed up and you know in certain ways led to led to charge and she cut it off. I mean, she absolutely had no dialogue with certainly with our parents um, or me or staff, and it was just we weren't touching base. She wasn't sending us emails or who are you talking to or what. There was no meeting. Uh, through any of us at all. She had really just kind of, you know, circled her wagons and 
expected what she was going to do. At the very least, you would have expected some sort of, you know, some sort of meeting of the mind. And um, you play this role up, you know, we'll pursue these things. And um, she wasn't. She had no interest in doing that. I don't think she ever talked to the news stuff. Well, I don't know. She didn't. And I, and I mean, I kind of take some responsibility for that, too, because when I found out, when, um, I, when Dad called me and told me, and I didn't know until Sunday. I didn't know anything was amiss until Sunday. And um, he called me and told me he was missing. I immediately hung up, called her up and said, where the fuck is my brother? So right. that yeah, may have given yeah. her an indication that maybe we were looking at her. And really, that's the only person I was looking at at that point. Right. What was her alibi? I don't remember. What, did, did she have one? She was home, I guess. Probably. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, they had pretty much, you know, John was at that point, John was, I think, living in one part of the house and she was living in the other. So I think he was right. doing what he was doing and she was doing what she was doing. And they had kind of like made their camps. John worked nights or was out nights because he played so much. She was up during the day. And I think that they had kind of sequestered camps. So I don't know what she was or wasn't. My guess is she probably was at home or, um, boy, that's a great question. I'm not sure what she was doing that weekend because we, you know, we didn't, hmm. we didn't care. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. Going to um, John's business partner. Is it Dave Steuben or Stubbin? Steuben. Steuben. Now, you know, you can find pretty much anything on the Internet. There were things that he had said that John was underwater. But at the end of the day, from what I can gather, he was of no help and actually halted investigations in certain ways. Can you speak to, did you guys have a relationship with him, with the business partner? And did he benefit? I know uh, for the insurance money, did he benefit from John's disappearance? Um, I didn't really know him that well. I, I mean, I'd met him several times, but, you know, I didn't have any relationship with him. Like, we weren't friends. And, you know, going in that first, you know, I flew in on the 28th, he went missing on the 23rd and the 29th, we all were at his office and he seemed kind of like bewildered about the whole thing. And it didn't even cross my mind at that point that he would have had anything to do with it because I was so focused on mm -hmm. Suzanne. But then he said to me while we were there at the office, look, you know, John hasn't really been around much the last two years. And I was thinking, mm -hmm. well, he's your business partner. So that must have pissed you off. You know, if right. your business partner hasn't been around much the last two years, I mean, even though he's my brother, that probably as a business partner would make you angry. But mm -hmm. it didn't trigger anything because, again, my focus at that point was totally Suzanne um, and possibly even the girl he was seeing, Renata. Um, mm -hmm. But then he said he was going over to shovel Suzanne's driveway. And I was really flabbergasted by that, too, because he knew that we thought it was her. And I couldn't believe he was going to go help. So in the beginning, he was pretty nice and he let me hang out in the office and go through John's stuff. And then he uh, helped with the search that we had. We had a huge search that Saturday. Um, he helped with that. And then after that, he just checked out. He didn't return phone calls. He didn't want to help any more with any more searches. I had another big one in May and he was said he was going fishing. And then his office people were kind of hostile when I went in there just to say hi. So it got it got kind of contentious right yeah and he, and layered, he, up, was, he layered up pretty fast too he did but there's wow. a lot of reasons why then the focus shifted to him and then i wonder if it's him and her that was another question from our listeners could they have been in it together somehow 
Suzanne feeling jilted, possibly life insurance. We haven't even gotten to the the arson, but did that ever cross your mind? Yeah, there's there's so yeah. much to this. Well, and I know so, that I know that Dave Dave did get the settlement for the arson. You had asked about benefits and who was benefiting or making money. I mean, I I, I know that Dave or, or uh, Universal Cable did get that check for the arson. Ultimately, was there an arson report? Was an arson report made? So that, you know, we were like, oh, for sure this is arson. And eventually they said it was, but they don't know who did it. And there's a lot of weird they stuff don't. with that, too. We had put the, my friends had put that big gigantic banner uh, billboard type thing right across yeah. the street. And by the way, that was the police who suggested that. That was DuPage who said, we want you to put a big billboard up across the street from his office so that Steuben can see it going in, going out every day. And I was like, great, that's an awesome idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we did that. And that went up Friday night, like around seven. And there were people right across the street from Universal Cable watching it go up. Nobody came over and said anything. Hey, can we help you? I guess that would be awkward. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. um, they just were standing around and I don't know who saw it go up from his office. So that was Friday night, September 14th, Sunday, September 16th, I get a call from Brian, from Brian's char house, where John always used to play. Uh-huh. He's like, hey, right. the building is on fire. Oh, my gosh. There were so many bullets going off, like rounds, of thousands and thousands of rounds of bullets going off. So the firemen couldn't even get into the building. And so, um, oh, yeah. And so I'm like, you know, I called the detectives right away. And I'm like, the building's on fire. Where's the sign? <laughs> Where's the sign? And it was gone. Which, you know, right. so 48 hours, sign goes up, sign goes down, building burns down. So then we put it back up. They're like, put it back up. And right. we did have a camera on it, by the way, because people are like, why didn't you put a camera? We did. But then we had to take it down. And so we, t- we had to take it down right after they took the camera down. That second sign was dismantled. By? We don't know who. Who did that? Because we took the, sign, the camera down. So anyway, yeah, that sign got dismantled and um oh and Steuben in the police report suggested that I that either John came back and lit the fire or I lit the fire. Did you know that, Tom? Yeah, I remember that. And it, and again, this is the maybe the part that I want to underline. This is another another disappointment for lack of a better term with DuPage County. It took him I don't know how long to, I mean we met with this I met with the fire the the, the investigator. He couldn't tell me one thing from another. I couldn't even ask what, what you think happened, and he wouldn't answer. It took us for a long time for them to make a decision that it was, in fact, I mean, it was years before they made that decision. You know, usually our they told us, yeah, they told us going in, oh, this could take five years. We don't know. And, and it, it was questionable whether they even knew that it was, like, connected to a missing person case. Right. Crazy times. Yeah, it was just uh, a rookie a rookie. I mean, look, if you look at DuPage County, and again, I, I'm not trying to fault them per se. It was just that what an inexperienced institution who I would say drives most of the revenue by DUI. You know, that's, right. that's the kind of cases that they explore and that they, you know, traffic stops and DUI and, you know, little robberies. They were, there was no one on that, in, in, on that team. Look at all the turnover, how many detectives have been assigned to this mm-hmm. case um, in mm-hmm. this, in this time. And they keep telling us, well, we're going to look at a different way. You know, well, you know, they, they made some mistakes and, you know, we're going to we're going to really get serious about it. But then a new sheriff comes or a new investigator starts. And it's just then you got to start all over with these guys and reeducate. Everybody's got an opinion now. Everybody's got, 
you know, a, a, an educated guess, and they don't. It's just what happens is a new sheriff comes in town and he, and he wants to make a name for himself, and he says, all right, let's dive into all our unsolved cases. Then stuff and I right. get a call from a new, inve- a new investigator, and then we start over, and then this guy has theories, and then, you, you know, it's, it's so abstract and new for them, and I just don't think that they're the police force who should be investigating this. It should be a federal police well, force. Well, I, w- I will say, I will, so, so it's been Sheriff Zaruba since 2007 up until 2018. And so then the new sheriff, Sheriff Mendrick, came in and he actually, he said he was going to look into this and he put a detective on it. He has actually done a lot of work on this case. Like he is leaving no stone unturned. This guy has gone through every single document again. He has gone through his computer again. He has I mean, he's really, really investigating it harder than it's been investigated ever from the get-go. All the phone records, all the phone connections, all the subpoenas that were issued, all the grand jury stuff, everything he has gone through recently with a fine-tooth comb. And I mean, in the last Mm -hmm. year or so. And I will tell you, there's another whole prong of this that never gets talked about. And that was John's other business, (laughs) Flight Matrix that he got Mm -hmm. into with this guy named Dave Cock or Cook, Dave Cook, Mm -hmm. who's a pilot. And um, I was just looking at some documents just before the call. And um, that guy had threatened to sue John in 2004. And John's attorney, this other guy named Stephen Salutrick, who was his attorney, who in the very beginning in 2007, when he went missing, said there are no financial issues. But this guy also mm-hmm. invested in Flight Matrix with John and was also threatened by this guy, Dave Cook, that they were being sued. And then somehow Dave Cook and Renata got together. And when John went missing, like, I don't know, they went into the yard and were looking all around and stuff. But so, yeah, it's just, you know, when you think about everything, it all makes your head spin. But I will say right now that it's getting looked at harder than it's ever been looked at. I, I just have a couple more questions and you guys can, you know, speak to anything that you think would be of help. What do you guys think today, right now, happened to John? It's a great question. We've, I've, I've, I've been asked this question so many times over the years and, I'll, you know, and my answers have swayed because, you know, for a long time, I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, I thought 100% Dave Steuben and then I thought Dave Steuben and Suzanne and then I thought Renata. And then I thought, you know, John was into some other businesses. You know, he didn't really talk so much about what he did with us, really. We knew he was successful, and that's, you know, all I cared about um, and was happy. But maybe, you know, maybe some of these other side businesses that he was in, I don't know what he was doing with his books. I, You know, maybe it was a conspiracy between the side businesses and, and Dave. I That's kind of what I think. I don't know that it was any one party, I think it was a combination, either, either it be Renata and the people she knew. I knew her from Adam. I mean, I met her a few times. She was a mystery to me. And then John, again, had all, all kinds of relationship with subcontractors that worked for the city. And, you know, maybe that was related. So I think it's a combination. I don't think it's any one person. So mm-hmm. I know that's not much of an, an answer well, for you, but I think I know exactly what you're saying, and I go back and forth all the time too. But I, what I always, and, and he did have he had all of this other life going on and other interests and businesses and uh, mind boggling. But I always come back to Steuben, and the reason I do is because he was the last guy to see John at the office. Right. 
So he says there were two other guys still there with John at the office when he left. But, and this is going from the police reports from back in 2007, but those two other guys say John and Dave were still there when they left. So I take that as John is Dave's the last guy there. And then when Dave left, he said, John's car was John's truck, which was a company vehicle was parked in the front parking lot. Mm-hmm. But then it was found coincidentally in Dave Steuben's spot on Sunday morning. So it was moved from the front to the back into Dave's spot where Dave always parked. <laughs> it wasn't covered in the documentary. <laughs> yeah. And then why, you know, in the beginning, Dave's like, no, everything's fine financially. Everything's good. And then he, then he changed that and said, no, John had all this debt. He did have debt. Oh, and why didn't Dave mention, at least I don't know that he mentioned, I should say, I don't know. I don't think he mentioned initially to the police that John owed Universal Cable a substantial sum of money. That you can see, I saw that in the marital settlement agreement. He owed a lot of money to Universal Cable. Why wasn't that mentioned? So, and then why did he just stop communicating and why was there heavy duty plastic missing? That was so crazy. Yeah. I also, um, I think he said he went to drop his kid off at hockey, went home and then went back to pick up the kid. But I was told long, long ago from another officer who was involved that the wife said he never did come home and she never mm-hmm. talked and he would never let her talk. And, you know, he would, he would shut the door in their face and why not just be a little bit more cooperative and concerned about, you know, this guy you've known for 20 years, your business partner, and supposed friend. There was a, a clip on crime watch where they try and talk to him and he's covering his face and he's getting into a car. You know, if you don't have anything to hide and it doesn't matter who you are, an ex, if you don't like someone, it doesn't matter when somebody is their life is in question here. You drop whatever you're doing and you help someone that there's just so many questions. I think that's why I feel for you because we cover these documentaries and there are some with, you know, very sad endings and there are some people who disappear on purpose. And then these are the hardest ones, the ones with no answer, because it's there's no period at the end of the sentence. So the the investigation with new, this new detective is going and going strong. Do you think you will find answers or is this just hope for closure? You know, I hope there's closure at some point. Um, but we have to keep asking all these questions. And I don't I'm very encouraged that they have somebody else looking really hard at this and he is working it and he, he's looking in a different direction. You know, he's not looking at Steuben. He's looking in a different direction, which is fine. I mean, they have to, we have to look at all everything because you can't just, you know, focus on one thing and then lose sight of, of, of other possibilities. But you know what? It's been 13 years almost. And um, it's, it's hard to stay hopeful that we'll get any answers to all of these millions of questions that there are. Uh, I just hope, you know, someday somebody has a conscience and comes forward and tells us what happened. Because something happened. I mean, I, I will say that I do know that he was murdered because he would not ever go missing on purpose. So, you know, he's, he's gone. I just, we just want to know what happened. Right. Yeah, that's why I, I never bought that theory. I never once bought that theory that John just decided to up and go. I mean, the guy no. was such a no, social, no social person. Yeah, and he couldn't have yeah. breakfast by himself. I mean, he was such a super social guy. It's just not feasible. And you know what? They just didn't listen to that. You know, and that was what's so frustrating. Right. Like, no, 
No, it's not in his DNA. All right. So, so take that off of your, your theories because that's not it. Right. But got to have hope that somebody might come forward. Somebody knows something. Somebody for sure knows something. Somebody, somebody knows something. And, you know, I said, um, I think I told you when we were when we were texting, we said on the episode that you were quoted, you, Stephanie, were quoted as saying you were so disappointed when Suzanne passed because you felt like she took a bunch of secrets with her. Um, And that, again, must have just been, you know, so frustrating that she knew something possibly and she's not here, you know, because maybe someone maybe someone will come forward. Our OWD family is really taken to this case and we just are so grateful to you and I hurt for your family and for what you've gone through. Can you leave our um, listeners with any information, your Facebook, I found you through the Facebook page that you guys have. So any information that you can give our listeners that they can follow up with their own research and um, connecting with you guys in any way that they can? Sure. Um, Well, yeah, we have that Missing John Spira Facebook page that, you know, I'm supposed to be on, but I've been avoiding it (laughs) for the last (laughs) while just because so super hard, but um, yeah, that's missing John Spira, johnspira.com. So I haven't really updated that because there's really nothing to update, you know, except that the police are, or the DuPage Sheriff's Department is, is on it again. But besides that, there's really not a lot that I can update. I wish that there was. I, I, I will say yeah. that, you know, there has been a lot, a lot of support and people are so nice and, you know, offers of help all the time. And you know, I'm always really grateful for that, just the kind words that people say. And we have gotten a lot of help throughout the way, like um, Tim Miller from Texas EquiSearch helped. He came in for a weekend. The sonar, you know, when we did the, the water searches with the sonar, that was actually um, related to Stacy Peterson. That was their neighbor's boat. Um, and there's, I don't know if you know, there's like a lot of all these weird connections between John and Drew Peterson and Anyway, that's all another prong we could go on. So we've gotten a lot of help, a lot of support, people coming out to the searches that we've had. And, and so we're always really grateful for that. But yeah, of course, well, as amazing. always, if anybody knows anything, you know, call us, call DuPage. I'll, I'll say the same thing is that, I mean, people have reached out to me. and You know, what's right is right. And people want to know and people are just. And, I, I you know, I've had psychics call me. And been extremely respectful and say, look, I'm just getting this letter or I'm seeing this field. And I'm like, I'll take all the karma I can get. Mm -hmm. Nothing is off the table for me. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll look and and, and investigate any source, you know, clairvoyant or otherwise. And I, I think that people are have come out of the woodwork that I have no relationship with and have said, well, have you thought of this? Or, wow, this person sounds awful and just are as frustrated as, as Steph and I are, uh, among other things, you know, and it's just, it's nice to know, you know, that that's out there. It's, you know, people tend to give other people a hard time and are skeptical, but when things like this happen, boy, I'll tell you, you'll you'll get support from the least likely sources. Well, that's inspiring to hear. Um, I don't know what it feels like to talk about this again. However, whatever emotions it brings up for you, I'm just so grateful for the both of you. And we appreciate you giving us the opportunity to speak to you, to keep John's story alive. And we're just all crossing our fingers that maybe your family finds peace. Um, And we're just very grateful. So this has been Stephanie McNeil and Tommy Spira talking to us about their missing brother, John. If you have any information 
information, please reach out to them. Thank you so much, Stephanie and Tommy. Thank you so much. Thank you.